for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And folks, sitting right across from me, no more than three and a half feet, is my dear friend, Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Doug. Glad to be here, as always. Oh, man, here we are in South Carolina. Can you believe that? In <laughs> God's excited. country, man. And folks, we're Good back place. in the book of John. Things are doing a little better with the surgery and stuff. A little rough today, but you know what I did? I just uh, went ahead and got that ibuprofen, uh, go ahead and grease up my back and stuff. <laughs> Feeling better already. So uh, we're going to be popping right along in John 12. But before we do that, we got to get back to the trivia questions. And these are so easy. It's almost embarrassing, but you know, we, we just got to get it out of the way. I think Kevin's going to have, uh, this is a Wednesday. So Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, he's got a chance of three for three here. And, uh, the first question, dear brother is what did Moses say God commanded the Pharaoh to do? Let my people go. Let my people go. Folks, is that great or what? And uh, that's all the Jews are saying right now over there in Jerusalem. And uh, I want you to know that you got some Israel supporters sitting right here coming yes. to you guys live. Remember to pray for Israel. The Bible tells us to do that. And mm -hmm. uh, Kevin was just telling me, I read a little bit about it this morning, shop owner in New York City getting beat up because he had uh, pictures of hostages and a Jewish star in his window. It feels like mm -hmm. 1939 right outside of Berlin right now in the United States of America. Yes. Disgusting, folks. Yes. Really pray for those people. So today yeah. we're starting off with this idea of priorities. You know, those of us who suffer from PTSD, those of us who go through the junk of the world, those of us who've been there, you know, it's hard to set priorities. It's hard to say, man, you know, God's got to be number one. My family's got to be number two. We, we want to, we're a people pleasing people. If that makes any sense, we, mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't want to come up against anything that's hard, anything that's tough. And, and, uh, but folks, let me tell you something. If you're going to be successful and, and you are, because God's going to make you successful. If you're going to deal with this PTSD and move forward, you have to set priorities. The Bible tells us over in Matthew six, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So in chapter six, it's talking about the beautiful looks that God gave things and the strength that God gave a flower and all these different things. And he's saying, you know what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things are going to be added to you. Folks, there's a priority you got to have in your life. And that priority is God. You know, I go around, I tell people all the time, Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And we always stop and say, verse 1's okay. But then when, when a lot of us hear verse 2, we go, oh, man, <laughs> bummer. And verse 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So, Kevin, you know what we're talking about? Priorities. And at the top of our list, we need to find God. Yeah. When you're going through something difficult, when you've been blindsided by tragedy, that naturally becomes the priority, right? Yeah. You know, you're thinking, wow, I've got this huge, I'm under a shadow of a big big um, issue. Maybe someone's dying. Maybe someone died. Maybe I'm in a car accident and I'm having all these, you know, 
problems because of it. I'm suffering. I'm having to go to the doctor. I've got physical therapy. And and it's hard, just like you said, to have priority during those times where there's this thing eclipsing everything else. And that's the nature of trauma. But like you said, it's good to be reminded, and I, and I want to be reminded, that um, when we seek first the kingdom of God, if, if the goal is, <clears throat> difficult as it is, to put the things of God first in other words, I'm going to get up, I'm going to seek the Lord before my appointment. I'm going to read some scripture. I'm going to play, even if I have to, you know, play it while I'm in the shower on my app, on my phone, blare it loud enough that I can hear it. I'm still going to prioritize the things of God. It remind, the, the, the word or the picture that comes to my mind, Doug, is <clears throat> uh, last July 4th, I watched Independence Day with one of my kids. And the Independence Day, there's a a section of it, you know, there's this huge invading UFO in the movie. And of course it's not real, but it's over Washington, DC, completely overshadowing the city. It's this monstrous problem. But yet you see the president, whoever that guy was, he's running around, he's operating the country, he's trying to save lives. He's un- literally under the shadow of this thing that's a thousand feet above him, going horizon to horizon. And he's still prioritizing what he's got to do. And I'm reminded that God has given us the priority of serving him and looking out for the people that are under our care. And with that, I think comes, doesn't it, the ability to see the light at the end of the tunnel because God is going to come in to help us to accomplish that. In fact, there's a scripture that says, Psalm 50, verse 23, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. So ordering my conversation aright means put it in the proper order. Let's get first things first. And when I do that, God will show me his deliverance. God will help me through it. Yeah, that's where it's at, friends. And uh, I remember a guy I met years ago. His name was Jack Henry. So Jack Henry uh, was drafted, and it actually, he, he got out of high school, immediately joined, and at the same time got a draft notice, but he joined the Army. All he wanted to do was fly helicopters. That's all he wanted to do. And uh, the recruiter, the people there at the recruiting station, the entrance station, they they talked him into being an infantryman, and they said, after you do a tour in Vietnam, they'll let you fly helicopters. You got 20-20 vision. You got good test scores, but you need to be in the Army at least one year before you can apply for flight school. So Jack Henry did exactly what they asked him to do. Went to Fort Manning, Georgia, became an infantryman, went to Vietnam. I mean, the poor guy got shot, earned himself a silver star. He had quite a year there, came back sick, got healed up and, and, and the recruiter didn't lie to him. Sure enough, he applied for flight school when he got a hundred percent better. He got accepted. He started flying helicopters and he flew Hueys. He flew medical ships and, and bringing those people back. And some of you have read the book or watched the movie. We were soldiers once remember that terrible battle and uh uh anyway to make a long story short jack henry ended up flying a helicopter I, my timing may be off on the year he joined uh but he went back and forth ferrying people he was given direct orders whatever you do stop flying people 
out of that valley in there. And he flew people out of that valley until every single one of them was back to get medical care. There was another guy who was flying with him whose name was Brady. You can look him up. Brady won a Medal of Honor. He took the very last flight in there. And uh, he was the commanding officer of the particular helicopter squadron. And anyway, to make a long story short, Jack Henry came back and said, man, I'm never flying again. He, he got <laughs> shot that day coming out of the battle. He said, the Army's not for me. Two years of Vietnam. And didn't even get to finish either one. Got shot in both. Got sent home on a stretcher. This just isn't my life. So he goes back to the state of Florida, and they have these employment fairs and all these different things. And while he was there, a job came open to fly a fixed-wing plane uh, over the the uh, forest down there, the Everglades in Florida, to look for idiots who get the camper stuck out there or get chased <laughs> down by alligators and start fires where there shouldn't be fire. You know, people do things in the Everglades, folks, that will <laughs> that'll blow your mind, all right? They get on there and try to catch themselves an alligator and stuff. And their cars break down in Alligator Alley. Well, anyway, he did this for years. So for 20 years, he flew back and forth over the Everglades, and he had five days left on the job. And Jack Henry showed up. And this is a good story. Jack Henry ended up going to a Bible Institute, uh, becoming a pastor. And uh, anyway, he had five days left in service to the state of Florida. And uh, he showed up and he hopped in his plane to go ahead and take pictures over the Everglades and to watch for the idiots, as he called them. (laughs) And look for the people being chased by alligators, burning fires. Anyway, every day he said he never had a flight without making 14 calls to authorities. So the the least day he ever had was a Christmas day in the mid-1970s. And there were 14 calls to have park rangers go out there and check on people. Well, anyway, he hops in his plane. He he takes off one day, a little fixed-wing jobber there. And he takes off. He's flying and getting ready to fly over the Everglades. And when he does, a snake comes out of the vent on the plane Hmm. true story not a joke here a snake a poisonous snake a water moccasin comes out of a vent he's beating it off with his clipboard he screams a call in lands his plane in no time at all still going about 20 miles an hour he jumps out the door of the plane (laughs) rolls around on the ground and gets up and says i'm never flying again (laughs) you can well anyway uh, about a hundred yards down from him a water moccasin comes flying out of the plane (laughs) and takes off and so about a week later he's retired the press come out and interview him and 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 they said we need to know you had this snake you flew in vietnam you were shot twice they called him a war hero now you're going to be a pastor and and uh, how were you able to land and this is what he said i'll never forget this he said when i was in flight school the first thing they taught me no matter what happens no matter what you're doing, you got to keep flying the plane. It doesn't matter. You can be shot. You can be upside down, but you need to keep flying the plane. And folks, that's what priorities are about. No matter what happens, no matter what's going on, you got to keep serving God. You got to put God in first place. Hey, listen, we're going to go ahead and run and uh, we're going to let these radio stations do what they got to do. We'll be right back. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
Well, we're so glad to be with you. We're in the book of John, chapter 12, continuing on with the life of Christ. You'll remember uh, that Jesus went over to Bethany, hooked up with his friends. He's got Mary and Martha that feed him chow. Mary goes ahead and pulls out a pound of her best ointment, and she uses her hair, and she washes the feet of Christ. And you'll remember, I know it's been a couple weeks, but you'll remember we talked about how their feet were always dirty. They wore sandals, things like that. It was pretty much a custom to wash someone's feet when they came into the house, but it kind of freaked out Judas. And, uh, you know, Judas was all upset. He said, man, we, you know, you could sell this for a hundred pence. You could give it, you could feed the poor. You can do all these things that you can do. And we come to the point where we're at today in verse number seven, we'll go on seven through 11. And it said, then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying, hath she kept this. And uh, I don't know about you folks, but I think we should keep the best for God. He should come first. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they may see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. You know, you're too religious when you're taking a guy that was brought back from the dead, and you want to kill him with Christ. You want you want the evidence to go, you've got to be all-powerful, not God. That's what these Pharisees, mm. folks, we've got our religion wrong. If we're putting God's second place, we got to have priorities because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Christ. Isn't that what it's all about? So Mary, here she is. She's anointing Christ. She's cleaning his feet. She's doing that thing. It's so it symbolizes that she's recognizing that, that there's an impending death. There's a burial of Christ. She wants him clean. She wants him covered. God starts talking about there's always going to be poor. There's always going to be priorities, but God tells tells us right there, I'm pretty sure that we walk away with the idea that God needs to be the priority. And then, Kevin, you know, the the silly old uh, Pharisees, these religious folks, they're pretty upset at the popularity of Jesus and Lazarus. I want you to know we're sitting here in my dining room right now uh, making this broadcast. And if someone banged on our door and said someone came back to life, I'm going to be up front with you guys. We're going to put you on hold for a while. We want to go see these people. They're going to be pretty popular in our opinion. So, so Kevin, the Pharisees are freaking out. But Mary got it right, right? She put, she put God as a priority in her life. What a contrast here. You just exactly like you're saying, Doug, that Mary is putting the priority where it belongs, and then the narcissistic Jews, the the Pharisees, are taking it off. They're like insisting, no, 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 he cannot have the priority. Why is that? Because they want the priority. They feel like they deserve it, and you know, it comes back over and over that the Pharisees were the narcissists. They were the King Saul's. Um, in fact, that one of the Pharisees was was uh, was Saul. I don't know that he was here in this group here, but Saul who became Paul. So it's ironic that there's a Saul in the Old Testament who was a narcissist and one that belonged to the sect of the narcissists, as I call it, in the New Testament with the same name. God yeah. changed it. But hallelujah, the... Um, <clears throat> The, the fact is that Mary said, I don't care, no matter how much these guys try to isolate her and isolate Lazarus from 
the narrative and, and like you said, squash the evidence that uh, Jesus Christ really is Lord. Because if he really did this and the word gets out, the natural result is that they people would worship him and they could not have that. But, you know, narcissists isolate. And that's, you know, just a sad fact about life in these last days. There, you know, men shall exponentially become worse and worse. The Bible says they will wax worse and worse. It's not talking about waxing your car worse, uh, though I've seen that too uh, yeah. on the countryside. But um, they actually um, are going to grow more selfish, more isolating. In other words, you're not going to be able to have a life that doesn't serve these people. You're not going to have a life that serves Jesus Christ. They want the service. And I read it over and over. If you're in a situation where you cannot serve God because of a person who isolates you, you need to get away from them. Bail. Yeah, bail. If you're in a church where the pastor uh, or leadership, or a deacon, or some family in the church, or some woman in the church. You know, the Bible warns us about Jezebel in the New Testament book of Revelation that she was someone in a church. Uh, it warns us uh, in the book of Third John, I believe, where a man named Diotrephes loveth to have the preeminence, and then isolated um, the the church from taking care of any other people that love God because they wanted to be esteemed as the ones that love God. And, you know, if you're in a situation where there's just someone in charge of your life who is, is so insecure that they will hurt you to keep you from serving Jesus, then it's time to bail. Yeah, it, it, it's time for me to fly. You know, it, it's that's when, and you know, folks, I know this is hard. You know, I know it's hard to have to make decisions. I, I know it's hard sometimes that you go through things and, and uh, you really have to deal with them and you, and, and, but, but folks, if you got someone in your way of serving God, you, you're in the wrong place. You're doing the wrong thing. You are living the wrong way. And uh, I, I'm thinking of an old college professor I had as Kevin was talking there and uh, Mary's act there, which she used and she anointed Christ's feet and she scrubbed his feet down with his hair and I remember this college professor turned around and he wrote on the board during a chapel we had, and he wrote on the board, extravagant worship. And I remember him talking about things that are extravagant worship. What in your life is worth extravagant worship? Well, I don't know about you, but in my life, Christ is worth extravagant worship worship. He's worth that kind of devotion. That kind, It's a sacrifice, man. There's a hundred pence of ointment there. This is a big deal. And uh, you, you got to make a decision. You got to say, you know, God, I want you to have this. This is important. I want you to have this part of my life. What, what's your box? What, what kind of ointment are you holding back from God? What's in your life that's getting in the way of you extravagantly worshiping God? That's something you need to think about. And uh, I think Jesus' statement there reminds us of, you know, where his priority should be, where it should go in their life. And, and then having the presence of Lazarus, people changing their life, hang out with Lazarus, hang out with people that God has taken from the dead and put back alive through saving them. Though he may not went and unrolled a stone, uh, stone, he may not, uh, rolled a stone out of the way. He may not unwrap people with gauze and death rags, uh, but there's a lot of people. I don't know about you, but God has helped me to pass from death on to 
of life. When I die mm-hmm. from here, man, it's a, I'm going the other way. If, if someone tells you I die, I want you to stop for a minute and then pray for my family. But remember that I passed from death unto life, that I get to live life with a capital L, that I get to live mm-hmm. things differently. There's something different going on in my life. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there's a contrast drawn here, Kevin. There's, there's a contrast between what Mary did for God and uh, our, our dear friend Judas and his problem with Mary doing it for God. And Mary, were, isn't there always someone, you mentioned a minute ago, you mm. said, you know, is there someone in your life that's getting in the way of you serving God? Is there a Judas in your life? Is there a Jezebel in your life? Is there someone in your life? Be an extravagant worshiper, friends. we got about a minute, Kevin. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking that the day and age we live in is a day where God's miracles are being denied, squashed, they're being canceled, and it's, you know, the history is being rewritten. In fact, the whole Jewish nation is a miracle, but what we see happening right now in our current events with the nation of Israel being attacked and Jews being attacked is an effort to say, I will not allow this narrative to be out there. This nation is is not a miraculous nation in our book. We're just going to squash it. We're going to get rid of the whole evidence thing. And God raised them from the dead, as it were, when he took them out of Egypt and gave them their own land. God does the same thing with us, and the devil tries to cancel us. Think about it. We're a walk-in miracle, Doug, and uh, we just need to go ahead and let God be God and get away from the uh, people that deny it. Yeah, let God be God. Folks, remember Jack Henry. Whatever happens, keep flying the plane. Whatever happens, keep serving God. Let today be a day of extravagant worship. Let today be a day that you loose those chains that are holding you back from serving God the way you should. We love you. May God bless you. Come back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.